Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Hey, here's our scripture for the day. I'm excited about it because we're in a, a, a last, not, the next to last series, or week of the series that we've been calling Making History. Somebody say Making History. I love it. I love it. This is what I know is that if you look at the Bible and you look at miracles that Jesus performed, like there was some history that was made by Jesus. And this is one, I think a lot of us have heard of this story, but I just want to talk to us about it today. It's in uh, Luke chapter 5. And uh, by the way, this is the Bible that my, my mother-in-law, father-in-law, wife, grandmother-in-law, father, grandfather-in-law, and great-grandmother-in-law gave me on the day that I was ordained. Didn't know that, Mama, but this is what Mammy and you and all of us, it's just special to me. So I'm going to read from it today said this in, in Luke chapter 5. It says, one day, somebody shout, one day. As Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God. Somebody say, listening to the word of God. I like it. That's what it says. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, also just so you know, known as Peter. And he asked him to put it out a little from shore. Somebody say, a little. I like that. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, yo, we've been working hard all night long, right? Hadn't caught nothing. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners, y'all better hurry up and get over here. And the other boat came and helped them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they sank, began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell to Jesus' knees and said this, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished. I like that word right there, right? Astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partner. Then Jesus said to Simon, watch this, I love this. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And so they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything. Somebody say everything. And they followed Jesus. I love that. I love that scripture. I'm going to talk to us today. I think it's a, a good title for today's message. I'm going to tell, you to, I'm gonna tell it to you once I, once I get done praying for us, all right? Let me pray. Jesus, thank you so much for today, God. We honor you. We know that your name is greater than any other name. We know that, hey, there's nothing that can separate us from the love that you have for us in Christ Jesus. And so today, we're so grateful for that, King Jesus. We honor you. We lift you up. We're thankful for your blood. We're thankful for your life. We're thankful for your sacrifice, King Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray and everybody said and everybody said amen before you're seated once you tap your neighbor and say hey today the title of today's message is because you say so I will go ahead tell them because you say so I will and then go ahead and have a seat 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 I love that because you say so 
I will. I want you to write that down. I believe in our, our, our greet team as they usher you in on, on Sundays, give you a little note card. I would just encourage you to write some notes. Note takers are history makers, but before we jump in, I just want to just reiterate what the girl said up here just a few minutes ago during announcements, just so you know, man, we are willing to do whatever it takes, and we're going to talk about that in the sermon today. We're willing to do whatever it takes to get people around the name of Jesus and around the gospel, and so I would just encourage y'all, hey, listen, Saturday is going to be a blast. We just believe in faith that we needed to get more eggs, so we not only have 10,000 eggs, we got 14,000 eggs. Come on, somebody, right? We just going to believe that this community is going to uh, like literally come out. Y'all probably going to be hearing some stuff on the radio at the end of this week because we want to gather people around the name of Jesus. Even if it's fun, they're going to walk away from this property saying, you know what? I believe that I need to come back the next day because we got three services happening next Sunday and it's Easter Sunday and in your seat right there, there were some invites that you can use as door hangers for your neighbors. If you want to like go and just hang some on the cars at Walmart, whatever you got to do, all right? Invite somebody to come with you next week. It's going to be great. Eight, nine, 30 and 11 and I would just encourage you if you come to a typical time like a 9 or a 10 30 obviously our typical times I would just encourage you maybe try that first service 8 a.m uh hey listen Jesus got up real early on Easter so we can too right you know what I'm saying so like next Sunday if you don't mind because man we're going to be making some rooms kind of want to talk to you about today making room for a lot of people to come around the name of Jesus next Sunday amen or oh me everybody good all right cool so I'm excited about today because you say so I will, and I just think, I don't know about you, has anybody ever felt in their life like they had a decision that they had to make that was going to change their history? Anybody out there ever had like a decision that you were going to make? Okay, hopefully all of you uh, that are married, you probably had that idea before you asked the question to be married, right? Like, fellas, you, before you asked that question of your wife, uh, like you were thinking, okay, this is going to change history for me. This is going to change the rest of my life. Or maybe uh, it was a decision that you felt like you were going to make uh, when, it, when it came to school or a job or moving your family or whatever. Like you probably have been there where we all can understand that there's decisions that we make that we say, you know what, that has the ability to change the rest of my life. That has the ability to change kind of where I'm going from here. And I just think uh, what we just read today, that there is a, a decision that had to be made right there by a guy named Peter that was literally a life-changing decision, literally a history-making decision. And whether you've been to church or not, right, I think all of us can agree that we've heard of this guy named Simon Peter, okay? Uh, again, whether you've been in church or not, I think about a lot of times, like the NFL last year had the 100 uh, greatest players over the last 100 years, right? NFL just celebrated 100 years. I'm a big Dallas Cowboys fan. I know y'all can boo me now, but we about to come back, all right? Uh, but I'll just tell you, uh, like, like they had 100 players over the last 100 years. I got to thinking about scripture, and I got to thinking about life and stuff like that, and what made me think about it was what if we could like categorize like the top 100 of people who made history for Jesus, right? If we could like put them in a category, if we could kind of just uh, start listing some people, I think a lot of us could un like could agree like Mother Teresa would probably be on that list. Come on, right? somebody, right? This means yes in Kentucky. Yes, she'd probably be on there. Uh, I think about a guy like Billy Graham. You know, Brother Billy Graham, Pastor Billy Graham that preached, I just read this morning, uh, literally he preached to 250 million people in person. 
Can you believe that? And he said, it says that over half of the planet heard the, the, him preach at one time or another. Can you believe that? Whether it was on TV or the radio. Come on, Billy Graham would be in that top 100. You know what I'm saying? He would probably be there. I think probably like the pastors today, Rick Warren, some guys that have just been in ministry for a long time. I think if we could put some people in there. And then, then obviously if we go back to the Bible times, I believe there's some people that would line up towards the front of those things. Obviously, Jesus being the number one history maker but I'm just saying like people that 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 went out and took Jesus's name wherever they could go I honestly think that Peter could be one of the top five all right like we could make a pretty good case for him being like top five in the top 100 of, of influencers for Christ I think again a lot of times whether you've been to church or not you've heard about this guy named Peter because you know what the joke is you know like if anybody ever tells a joke about somebody dying and they get to heaven who's the very first person that's there at the gate Come on, it's Peter, right? So, so again, whether you've been in church or not, like literally the joke is as you get to heaven, Peter's at the gate waiting for you. You know what I'm saying? Like you've heard that. And, and again, I just think we can make a case for Peter literally being top five when it comes to, li- to, 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 to making an impact for Jesus. And, and what, I got to thinking about it. What made Peter so impactful? Like what was it that made Peter be like, man, that dude, why would he be top five? Was it because, oh, it's got to be because the dude bro was rich, right? Had to be that. No, 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 no. You read scriptures, guess what? He's fishing. I'm just telling you at the time, being a fisher was not a lucrative career, okay? Uh, okay, well, maybe what made him so impactful was he from a big city. He's from an area where there's a lot of people. Uh, that would not be the case as well either, right? Because he was born into a little bitty fishing village, okay? That's where he lived his whole life. And I think about it until he started following Jesus. And I, I think, okay, well, well, maybe it's because he had a lot of education. Maybe it's because he went to the right school or he studied the right thing or he got that theology degree or he did whatever it was. Well, this happens to be the fact that that's not the case either for Peter because Peter, what I know about him is that Peter was a fisherman. And what does that tell us? Back in those times, if you were doing an everyday common trade, what you had to realize was that you couldn't cut it in school. Right, that's what it really meant is that they would go to school as little little kids and they would have to remember the first five books of the Older Testament and if they didn't cut that, guess what? They had to go and do what their dad did. So what that tells me right there is that Peter wasn't rich. Peter wasn't born into like a really influential part of the world. Peter wasn't like educated a whole lot. So what was it that made Peter so impactful? I believe is that Peter said yes in a moment to Jesus that would change the history of his life. And I believe that with all of my heart. And I believe that you came into this church or you're watching online today, wherever you're watching from or listening on a podcast three weeks from now. And I just want to tell you really quickly that I believe and this church believes that you have an incredible purpose, that God has a purpose for you. The reason why it's called Purpose Church, there's kind of twofold, right? Number one being Romans 8, 28 says that God is working all things together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Come on, somebody, right? That's where that came from. That's the idea. But it also comes from the side of, guess what? There are so many people walking around this planet and this earth looking for their purpose, wondering why on earth am I here? And I just came to declare to somebody watching today or in this room, guess what? You were created on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. If you have a pulse and if you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan and a purpose
is for you. And I just think so many times, a lot of times what happens is, is when I say that to you, when I encourage you with that, so many of us are like, no, 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 no. You don't understand, Dustin. I'm average. I'm ordinary. I'm a, I'm a nobody. I, I'm not, I don't have anything. I don't have a whole lot. I've screwed up a whole lot in my life. What in the world could God do through me? And I just believe he can do the same thing through you that he did through Peter thousands of years ago. And I believe that with all of my heart. Peter was an everyday, average, ordinary dude who had made some mistakes. And Jesus uses him to make history and loved him. Not because he was perfect, but because he was willing to say yes in a moment. And I just believe that you may think that you're average. You may think that you're ordinary, but God can do more in your life than you could ever even imagine. And so I just want to take a a few minutes today to encourage our church, encourage you as individuals, how in the world can we make an impact? How in the world can we make history together? And I think looking at the scripture that we just read, we're going to be able to find a few things that we can do together. And so the very first thing I want you to write down is this idea, we got to make room. We got to make room. Why don't you shove your neighbor right now and just say, you got to make, I got I to gotta have a little room. Just go ahead, just elbow them a little bit, all right? You got to make a little room, right? How, how many of you know, how many of you know real quick that we make room for things that are important to us, right? Make room. I, I think about our family, right? We just uh, had twins six months ago. They just turned six months, and they're so cute, and Elsie looks just like Conley. Lord Jesus, I hope she don't act like her when she's older. She looked like, oh, Lord. But I love our babies to death, but I think about when we had our house and we first bought it, like, like we had the guest bedroom set up. We never had no guests come and stay, but we had the guest bedroom set up. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all got a guest bedroom and you don't need, like, nobody in your guest? Nobody in your house, it's just your family. Okay. Like we had a little guest bedroom set up, and then we had Conley's room set up, then we had our room, and then we had a little office, a little bit small office space. And uh, again, how many of you know you make room for what's important? So along comes Brex man next, right? He was our second baby and our baby boy, so we had to make some room for him. He stayed in our room for a little while. We were making a little room for, uh, for things that are important to us, right? Next thing I know is we, get, we find out we're having twins. Brexy moves to the office. All the toys that were in the office now go to the other room that's over there, right? And what happens is we got to make room for our twins that come. I don't know about you, but we make room for things that are important to us. That happens. And so I think about this story right here that we just read of of Jesus and Peter and this interaction that's going on. If you look at that very first uh, just scripture that we read, the very first verse, it says, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and they were listening to the word of God. See, what I believe and what I I think as a church we should believe is that when the word of God is preached, that crowds begin to show up, right? What happens is, is that, and I just think I just wanted to remind all of us today just to bring it back to focus and just back in the center that this house right here, this, this place called Purpose Church will be a house where Jesus is our point and that we will always stand on, believe in, and preach the word of God. No matter how hard it is for us to hear, no matter how much culture shifts, we will be committed to preaching the word of God. And I believe that if we want to take charge of a city, if we want to see a city like Murray change, a community like Callaway County, a region like Western Kentucky, a state like Kentucky, it's not going to happen through the power of government or other things. It's going to 
happen through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached. And when Jesus shows up, you got to make room. Somebody elbow your neighbor and say, you got to make room. you got to make room. See, Jesus right there, listen, uh, just like what happened in Scripture. Jesus is on the bank. He's in this little area called Capernaum. He's preaching, he's preaching, and more people start showing up. He's preaching the Word of God, more people start showing up. He's preaching the Word of God, more people start, show, or start showing up. And the next thing you know, he's like, whoa, 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 stop. Peter, we got to make some room, right? And Jesus says, stop, stop, stop. We, we're going to do whatever it takes for more people to hear the Word of God. And as I started thinking about that in Scripture, I started thinking about what Easter is going to look like for us next week. And what may feel like an inconvenience in your service time, mix-ups, and all this kind of stuff, what may seem like it's crazy that we're outreaching to uh, thousands of people that I believe are going to show up on Saturday to an Easter egg drop, is guess what we're doing? We're doing whatever it takes to gather people around the name of Jesus. We're doing whatever it takes to say, you know what, we're going to make room. I'm going to give up the seat next to me. I'm going to give up my preferences. I'm going to give up like this service time that I typically come to. And guess what? I'm going to make room for some more people to get around the gospel. And I just think crowds followed Jesus and Jesus was never bothered by the crowds. You notice that? Like he's never bothered by the crowds. His disciples were bothered. All the people around. And so what happens so many times for us in church is that we can look around and we can have this mindset that it's for us it's about us, and it's about us four and no more, and it's just about what my preferences are and what I want. But I believe, and I came to encourage our church today, that we believe that God has not called us to stay here, that he's not called us to stay in, in the confinement of just this middle school, that I believe with all of my heart that we're going to outgrow this place pretty quickly, that I believe with all my heart that we're going to have to make some room for more people to gather around the name of Jesus. You know why? Because Jesus is our point, and people are hard. And there are about 40,000 people that call Callaway County home, another eight to 10,000 college students that show up. Come on, college students, I love you. I'm so glad you're here. And guess what? There's about 50,000 people that call Murray, Kentucky home for a, a, about nine months out of the year at least. And guess what? There are so many people that do not know the relationship and the love that Jesus has for them. And my heart for our church is that we would just not stop until there's enough room, making room for people to gather around the name of Jesus, not stop until this county looks different because of Jesus. Bring on the crowds. You know why? Because we're just getting started with what God has called us to reach. Come on. Does anybody believe that? Let's give him a shout of praise in this place. I believe that with all my heart. So not only does the church need to make some room, but watch what Peter does. Peter makes some room. Look at verse 2. He saw at the water's edge two boats. Somebody say two boats. Somebody type two boats right there as you're watching online. I love that. Two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of those boats, the one belonging to Simon, also known as Peter, right, and asked him, put out a little bit from the shore. See, Peter was about to have a moment where there is a, an encounter that was waiting for him with Jesus. And what I think so many times, and what I would just come again to just remind us, is that no encounter with Jesus is accidental. Right? Did you notice that there's two boats there? But guess what? Jesus stepped into Peter's boat. 
And so I don't know where you are. You may have not have been to church in a long time. You may not have ever been to church and you're watching online. But I just want to tell you that Jesus is constantly pursuing you. He's coming after you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to step into your boat. There's nothing ever just accidental about an encounter with Jesus. He wants to be in your life. He wants to make history through you and in you. And the Bible says that he sat down and he began to teach the people from the boat. Notice that Jesus walks up to Peter and he says, I want you to make room for me. you got to make some room for me. And notice that because Peter said yes to Jesus and he made some room for him, guess what? The supernatural was about to happen right after that. I love that. I love that. And my heart would be for you and I. Would you be willing to make room for Jesus so that the supernatural could happen? And I'm talking about you specifically right now. Would you be willing on the inside of you to make room for Jesus so that something supernatural can take place in your life? I want to challenge you even a little bit further. Would you be willing to make room for the possibility that he wants to use you to bring somebody to church with you next week on Easter Sunday? Like, would you make room for that? Right now, I want you to think about a lost friend. I want you to think about somebody that doesn't go to church. I want you to think about that family member that, that, that knows nothing about God, questions God, co-worker that does not know Jesus. And I just want to tell you, listen, they are welcome in this place, but I believe the responsibility is put on all of us to make room to maybe have a conversation with them this week and say, you know what, would you come to church with me on Easter Sunday? Would you, would you just sit with me on each I will save you a seat. I will get you a donut. I will take you out to lunch if you ain't going to your grandmama's after. Let's do this. Would you make room for Jesus to use you potentially even this week? And I believe that, that when I told you, think about that person. Think about that one person you haven't seen in a long time. Think about that one person that you know is lost. And I would just say that the Holy Spirit put them on your heart, that he put them inside of you. And it's our job now to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and say, you know what? I'm going to reach out out to them. I'm going to make room in my schedule this week to get around having a conversation with them and I will do whatever. Maybe they're in your like line of business, but I believe that the creator of the universe has some business that he wants to do with them this next week, all right? Would you make room for Jesus as a church, but also as an individual? Somebody shout, we got to make room. I love that. I love that. Verse number four, if you go on to the next verse, it says this. It says, when he had finished speaking, He said to Simon, put out into deep water. Watch that. I love that. What did he say first? He said, just push it away a little bit first, right? Just a little, just just tap it, just give it a little push, right? I'm sorry, I just went to Happy Gilmore reference. Do not look that movie up, okay? Uh, But but, just tap it in. Okay, Uh, like just, just push it out a little bit from shore. But what's Jesus asking him to do the next time? He says, hey, put it out into deep water. So what I know about Jesus is that Jesus will never ask you to take a smaller step of faith. He's never going to ask us to back down of what he told us to do even before. Notice the first time he asked him just to push off a little bit. The second time he said, hey, put it out into deep water. Take a bigger step of faith. Get uncomfortable, which is the next thing I think we got to do. As a church, we got to get uncomfortable. Somebody say, get uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable for some of you to say out loud, right, in church. It's uncomfortable. we got to get uncomfortable. I think it's so important 
that, that a lot of times we get uncomfortable. How many of y'all love to be comfortable? Come on, let's just be honest. How many of y'all love, I, I'll just tell you real quick, like how many of y'all love those rainy, like this week was rainy days. It felt like, set, like it was 7.30, but your, your body hadn't caught up to the time change just yet. The rain was hitting your window. Your bed had that comforter on it. Lord, that's the Holy Spirit comforter over the top of you. Come on, somebody. It's cold up in that room. How many of y'all like to be comfortable now? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So that's something that I like to do. I'll just tell you, uh, our house, we like keep it on like 68 year round. Like we ain't running the heat. We're going to run the AC. That's what we're going to, because it's going to be cold. We have some icicles dripping off my nose at night whenever I'm sleeping. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to be comfortable. I want to have that comforter. Oh boy, pulled up to my neck, but my feet got to be out the covers. Come on, somebody, right? I'm suffocating if my feet are under the covers, okay? And I, I just think about that. And I think about how uh, we, we when, uh, when once we had our babies, we put in like a little ADS security system in our house and I think about that what happens so many times is I'll be comfortable in the bed I'll be right there and one time what had specifically happened it happened actually to my best friend Clint uh, it happened to him but it was our specifically our back door somehow blew open while I'm up in that comfy bed come on somebody well, how many of you know it just doesn't feel good to have to get out first of all I thought we were dying okay I didn't know I was like baby I'm the man of the house I'm praying for this place go take care of it you know what I'm saying like baby go check on it whatever you got to do I'll uh no but, but seriously so that's the freakiest moment of your life the alarm starts going off your phone starts ringing like oh my gosh I'm comfortable I'm in my bed but now because the alarm is going off I got to get out of my bed I got to go check on something I got to take a little bit of action right how many of you know that when the alarm sounds it's time to get uncomfortable and it's time to get out there and do something about it does that make sense Right, because this is what I know. I'm praying what happens today at Purpose Church on Palm Sunday is that an alarm would go off on the inside of all of us and it would alert us that there are too many people in Murray and Callaway County and this state and this world that are far from God that need a relationship with Jesus. And guess what? We know those people. We work with those people. We're around those people. We live next to those people. And we have the greatest news ever, the greatest hope in all of the world in Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And I just want to challenge us. It's time to get uncomfortable and do whatever it takes to reach them for the cause of Christ. Does anybody in this place believe that? Come on, let's give it up for King Jesus. If you're watching right now, just go ahead and get some praise hands as you're watching. I love that. I think it's time for us to get uncomfortable. Listen, Jesus tells Peter, yo, bro, you got to do something uncomfortable right now. Like, push it back out into the deep, let down your nets. And if you've been to church, we kind of know what happens next. Obviously, if you've been here since the beginning, we read what happens next, okay? Like, we read that, that what comes next. But I want you to understand that Peter didn't have this book to go read at first. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was living the book out. Right? He, was, he, was, he was acting in faith. He was being uncomfortable. And when Jesus asked him to do this, Peter didn't know what was going to happen on the other side of it. He had no idea what was going to take place. And Jesus asked Peter to do something weird. Jesus asked Peter to do something uncomfortable because you know why? Fishermen didn't fish during the day, during this time. I, just so you know, I kind of looked it up, their, their nets. I wondered, like, why, why is that so uncomfortable for Peter? Looked it up, and what happens is their, next, their nets were made out of, like, flax and linen. And if you uh, were, were fishing during the day, the sunlight 
would hit those nets. And what would happen is fish would see that and they'd swim around the nets. So they would spend their entire nights, they, they work in third shift. Come on, somebody, right? They work in third shift at night trying to catch some fish because they were able to catch fish a lot better because they wouldn't swim around the nets. I want us to think about that. So just imagine really quick this humongous crowd on the, on the shore this incredible crowd that's out there watching, watching a fisherman go out and fish during the day. Right, doing something completely not normal. Right, this is crazy. That's weird. What are you doing, Peter? Why are you doing that? And I just believe what happens is this is the same thing that happens to us when God speaks to us and asks us to reach people who are far from God. You've probably thought it before, but you'll say, and I'll say it too, you know what? It's uncomfortable to have that conversation with them about Jesus. Right? It's uncomfortable. I'm a pastor, and it's hard for me to have that conversation with people. Right? I think we all kind of understand. Sometimes we're like, yo, you, you know, I'm a little nervous to go out there and tell them or invite them to church. Of course we're nervous. You know why? Because it's spiritual. But Jesus is asking us to do some uncomfortable things. Watch Peter's response to the uncomfortable. I love it. Watch this. Luke 5, verse 5. Simon Peter answered, Master... We've been working hard all night. Y'all catch that real quick? Oh, okay, Jesus. Yo, I want you to know something real fast. Guess what? We the ones been working all night. We've been out there slaving. We've been out, we're washing our nets. We're about to pack up and go home. We've been doing this all night. You know what that translation is? Jesus, you were sleeping. <laughs> While we were working, you were sleeping. You were probably counting sheep. You were probably creating sheep, healing sheep, doing something in your sleep, you know? While we're out here working, we've been working all night. But watch, I love, he doesn't stop there. If he just stopped there, that would have been a bad move for Peter. But he said yes to a, a decision in the middle of a history-making moment. Watch what he says, and I love it. This next phrase, uh, well, well, let's get to the fact that he says this. We worked hard all night, and guess what? We ain't caught nothing. Nada. Goose egg. Zilch. Nunca for the Germans that are watching. Okay, like, like listen. Like nothing, okay? We ain't called nothing all night long. But watch what this next phrase, and it's the phrase that changes everything. And I just wish that we as a church would get this phrase in our heart. We tattoo it on our forehead. Don't really do that. But we would tattoo it in our, uh, on our life that this is, you know what, God? These are all the excuses why that won't work. But watch what he says. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. He didn't say I'll do it because it's easy. He didn't say I'll do it because it's comfortable. He didn't say I'll do it because it's, it makes sense. No, no, no. Jesus, you say it. Guess what? Because you say so, I will. So I think some of us, we need to write that phrase down. It needs to be on our, on our, our mirror every day when we wake up. You know what? Today, I really want to be depressed. But you know what? Because you say so that I have the joy of the Lord as my strength, I will get up. I will get going. You know what? It may not be easy today, but guess what, Jesus? Because you've called me to do something, you put a purpose on the inside of me, guess what I'm going to do? Because you say so, Jesus, I will. If we as a church would have that posture, if we would get excited about that, listen, that's a phrase that reminds me so much of the life of a believer. It's not about being perfect every day, y'all. It's about getting up and saying, God, I don't understand what you've asked me to do. I may not get why you're asking me to do that. It may be uncomfortable. My nerves are racked silly. It takes discipline. It might take time. It might take a little money. But Jesus, because you say so, I will. Is there anybody in this place that's willing to say, because you say so, Jesus, 
Jesus, I will. Y'all, I'm preaching a lot better than y'all amening, all right? I'm just kidding. No, y'all doing all right. Here's the deal. I want you to write this down. We don't have to understand him completely to obey him immediately. We may not understand everything. But that doesn't mean that we don't, we, we shouldn't just say, you know what, Jesus, guess what, I don't understand that, but I'm willing to say yes right now to the things that you've called me to. If we will do that, what if we applied that to every area of our life? What if we applied that to our marriages? What if we applied that to our dating relationships? You know, hey, I know this is what culture says to do. I know this is what the world says to do. But Jesus, because you say so, I will. I know the, the world says that money should be used for me and money should be used to stack up myself and give me security. But guess what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to obey because you say so, I will. Right? What if we just said that in my time? What if we just said, hey, you know what? You're doing that today. You know why? Because you're here or you're watching online. I would just encourage you to say, you know what? Culture says use your weekend for yourself. Culture, society will tell you, go and get yours, do your thing. But guess what? I just believe the Bible tells us, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. Get around some people that are going to sharpen you, make you better, get into some community. And Jesus, because you say so, I will. Because you say so, I will. You and I need to know that Jesus has greater plans for you than you and I have for ourselves. He's got greater plans for us, but it's on the other side of obedience that those plans are waiting. So I would just encourage us. We don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. The last thing, and Kyle, if you don't mind, come up here, my friend, play me a little spirit keys. That would be awesome, okay? The last thing is this, is get ready. That's it. That's the point. Write it down. Get ready. Y'all was ready for the ready point, weren't you, right there? Somebody shout, get ready, get ready, get ready. I like it. This is what the Bible says. Luke 5, verse 6. When they had done so, on the other side of obedience, on the other side of getting uncomfortable, think about the shipmates that went out with him. Think about the faith they had to have in Jesus. Woo, I think about that. Because they had done so. Not just Peter. These boats go out. The, the, the boat goes out. And when they had done so, on the other side of obedience, I don't understand it, Jesus. I don't get it. I, don't, I, I can't make sense of it, but because you say so, I will. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled 911, y'all, we sinking. We got so many, so many, so many fish. Y'all better bring your other boat. Come on. Got lots of fish here. Come on. Y'all gotta. The other boats came to help him, and they came, filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees, and he said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. And when we're willing, when you and I are willing to make room for Jesus to get uncomfortable and to say, Hey, you know what, Jesus? Because you say so, I will. We just better get ready. You better get ready. Because when we experience, what happens is when we experience the miracles of Jesus, what I love about the story and what it should teach all of us, when we see God do the impossible, it doesn't make us arrogant. It doesn't make us think more of ourselves. What did it do to Peter? It drove Peter to his knees. It drove him to a posture of humility and saying, Jesus, thank you. It's not about me. I, I, I couldn't do this. I, I, I didn't do it all night long. But when I listened to you and I did what you said, this is what happens. And I think the key to submission is recognition, like we talked about last week. 
recognizing that Jesus Christ has all authority. And if he asks you and I to do something, man, if I recognize, man, Jesus, you are the supreme authority. I believe that. Guess what? It's easy for me to submit when I, when I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. Then watch what happens. Verse 9. For he and all his companions were astonished. I like Somebody say, oh, my. Yeah, that. They were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. So were James and John, the son of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to fish for men. You're going to fish for people. So what they do? Pulled up their boats, up on the shore. They left everything, and they followed Jesus. I love that. Talking about a miracle taking place. Talking about history changing taking place. It took place right there in Scripture. But I just believe there's a recipe right there for history making. There's a recipe right there on the other side of reading this story that if we will make room, first of all, for Jesus on the inside of us, if you will make room for the Savior to come in and change your life and say, Jesus, I've had a plan. It hasn't worked. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to get uncomfortable. I'm going to give my life to you. Comfort is having control. I'm going to get uncomfortable. I'm going to say, Jesus, you can have control of my life. And I'm going to say, Jesus, because you say so, I will. May not be easy, may not be perfect, may not be all together, but Jesus, when you say it, I'm going to do it. And I just think he's given that to us, church. He's given that call to us. He's given that challenge to us right now in this season of our church because this is what I really do believe. I believe that there are things coming for Purpose Church that we could never imagine or we could never make up ourselves. In Ephesians 3.20 kind of thing. Like, listen, immeasurably more than we could ask or even imagine. I really do believe that the best is still ahead for this church. And we better get ready, get ready, get ready. Because you know what? We're fixing to go for a ride. A ride that your friends are going to meet Jesus as their Savior. A ride where your family is going to show up with you, is going to walk away forever changed. Because of the power and the authority and the presence of Jesus Christ. I believe that the best is still ahead for you. I believe that the best is still ahead for Purpose Church, and I believe the best is still yet to come. Come on, let's give Jesus a shout of praise. But let me encourage you, it starts with making room. So wherever you're at, wherever you're watching online, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? You're in this room, you're watching online, you're listening on the podcast, and you say, you know what? I've never made room for Jesus. The Bible tells us, that if you and I, we, we realize that we're sinners, that, that we're far from God, that we've messed up. The Bible tells us that, that He came. And what we celebrated with communion today is that even while we were still sinners, Christ came and died for us. And maybe you're in here and you think, you know what, there's, there's no way He could love me. Yeah, even in your mess, even in my mess, Jesus loved me. And he gave His life for us. And the Bible says that if we would just confess our sins, if we would believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. And whether you're watching online or you're in this room, I believe there's an opportunity for you right now to say yes to making room in your heart for Jesus. And that just looks a little bit something like this, that you declare with your mouth something like this, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to save me. I want you to, to, to forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. 
Thank you that your body was broken and your blood was shed so I didn't have to because I couldn't pay for my own sin. But you did, Jesus. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for seeing more in me than I ever could see in myself. And help me live this day on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. And maybe that's you and you just prayed that. You prayed something like that. You just said yes to making room for Jesus to come into your heart. My heart would be for you that you would let us know that, that you'd follow up. I'm going to ask you if you're watching online, would you just text the word purpose to the number 270-229-6488. Just text purpose to that. And if you're in this room and you, are, uh, uh, you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus, I want you to know that we have people on the sidewalls right now. I'm going to ask you to get uncomfortable in a room full of people, but I am going to let you know that you're not going to be the only ones moving. Our team is going to begin to move right now. They're going to begin to move, getting ready for our second experience. So you're not the only person that's going to be moving. If you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus, would you make your ways to one of these incredible people on the wall? We'd love to have a conversation with you. love to celebrate with you making that decision today. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, come on, church. Why don't we lift our heads up right now? Is there anybody in this room that's thankful for a God that loves them, that's thankful, that he's still saving people, that he's still a miracle-working God? I just think we ought to give Jesus a bigger ovation of worship as we stand to our feet. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.